Hey guys, I'm Brandon. And I'm Chad. And we are just two hunks and a mic. That's what we are. So, on this podcast, I wanted to talk about something that happened the other night whenever Chad and I were going on a ride-along together. Oh, jeez. So, if you don't know this... There's no telling what, what he's about to say. If you don't know this, Chad is a security officer over at our college campus at Southwestern. You're not going to get me in trouble, are you? I'm not. Okay. I'm going to do my best not to. I, I'm not going to make any promises, though. But we were doing a ride-along as I have filled out all the appropriate paperwork, and if I die, they are not held responsible for my death or any personal injuries. But we were going along, and we have this building called the Riley Center, and something rather interesting was called out. Because I've, I've been on a couple ride-alongs with Chad before, and they called out a code that I was not familiar with, and it was a code 150. And I looked over at Chad, and I was like, what is that? What, what's a 150? And he proceeded to explain to me the mind-numbing epiphany, and I'm just going to let Chad take it from there because it's really awesome. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's that great. It's great if you uh, if you are into that kind of thing, which but, I am, which you definitely are. Um, so, kind of to backtrack a little bit, we if you aren't familiar with police and how they work, basically they work on communication. Like we have to communicate with each other, and sometimes we can be miles away from each other, and. To communicate well, we use what's called codes. And what the codes are for is so that we don't have to explain this big, long narrative and we can just say a code and then be done. That keeps people off the radio if something's going on somewhere else. That keeps it short and concise. Everyone knows what you're talking about. And also, if someone comes over and listens to our radio, they don't always know exactly what we're talking about, which... Can and sometimes can in some circumstances be a good thing, other times maybe not. But so most of these are called ten codes. Yeah. So you have what's called ten codes, and you have what's called department codes, and each of them are they're two separate things. Ten codes are normally, with some variation uh, between departments, ten codes are used statewide. And a state determines what each code will be. So, for example, it goes from 10-1 to 10-99. And some, some of the numbers are skipped, but the, that's basically what the range that it has. And then you have what's called department codes. Department codes are exactly that. They change between each department. Some of them might use the same ones or very close to the same ones to keep consistency with you know other departments around them. But... For most departments, they're completely different. And so this particular code that Brandon is talking about is a department code that we use in security. And so the reason I bring all that up on the police end is because the security office that I work for, we work really closely with the police all the time. Uh, I can't, can't count on both my hands and my toes how many times I've worked with police, whether it be wrecks or detaining somebody or whatever. There's all kinds of things that we work with them with. But to be able to do that, we have to use the same type of code so we can communicate with each other. 
And so if I have to work with a police officer, I have to know how to communicate and what he's saying to me, and, and I have to know how to talk to him. And so we have the same codes that Fort Worth uses in our department with a few variations on how we use them, but for the most part, they're exactly the same. And so this one particularly, though, is one that is not used by Fort Worth. And so on department codes, at least how ours works, is you have, you have codes from a code 1 to a code, we actually have a code 100. Most of them go up to 99. Uh, but we have a code 100. Well, that's normally the range that they stay in. And so now to, to change completely off topic of codes, if you've never experienced this game, you have to be living under a rock. But just because I know there's probably someone out there who doesn't know what I'm talking about, I'll, I'll explain it. There's a game that came out probably a year ago. And it's awesome. And Brandon thinks it's awesome. And it, it took the world by storm in a, in a sense because so many people downloaded this app. So many people played this game. And it was actually a pretty good thing because it got people out and, and uh, got them walking and doing things. But this game is called Pokemon Go. And how this game works is is based off of your GPS location. You use your phone and you go to different locations and around your city or around wherever you are. And you can capture Pokemon. You can go to Pokestops. You can go to the gyms. Do all these different things. It's awesome. It's like a real-life Pokemon game, except it's real life and a Pokemon game. Brandon thinks it's awesome. But... This game is is interesting to say the least. Well, our campus that I work security for has a lot of Pokestops. And which has, is great. Which is great if you live here and you play the game. And it has, I, I believe, two or three gems. Uh, not gems like the stones, but gems like the I'm pumping iron. That kind of gem. And that was a pretty good Schwarzenegger. Uh, maybe. Um, but we have three different gyms around campus and like a ton, a crap ton of Pokestops. And this is crazy. And last year, whenever it dropped in July, we had tons of people oh on goodness. campus. There was so many people on campus and it was just on a daily basis, there were so many people that would just come and a and nightly play. basis. And normally, normally, if someone's just kind of standing in a spot and they look out of place, someone's gonna call our dispatcher and say, "Hey, there is a suspicious person over here. They're on their phone. They're standing there, looking menacingly." Because Pikachu won't get in the stinking Pokeball. Maybe. Maybe. But they're just standing there menacingly or whatever they're doing. And so we get called. We have to go and just check them out, see what they're doing. 99 times out of 100, they're not doing anything. Excuse me. They're not doing anything wrong. And we might just ask them to move along or leave. Well, when this game come out, Boy, howdy, we had a lot of calls about people. And instead of every time coming over the radio and saying, oh, we're good over here, it was just somebody playing Pokemon. Oh, we're good over here, it was just a Pokemon game. Oh, we're good over here, it was just Pokemon, 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 Pokemon. Instead of saying that every time over the radio, because it sounds 
so unprofessional when you talk about it on the radio. Somebody made this comment and said there's 150 original Pokemon out there in the game that were originally in the game. And so why don't we just use a signal code for these people and just call it a signal 150. And so now anytime we get a you know we get a call to somebody who's suspicious and they're just playing Pokemon Go, we'll we'll come over the radio and say we're good, it was just a it was a signal 150. And it was actually it kind of threw me off a little bit whenever Brandon looked at me dumbfounded because I didn't think anything of it. And he was like, what are you talking about? And then I, I kind of knew that he would get a kick out of what what it actually meant. And it blew my ever-loving mind. Yeah. It was just so crazy to me to think that this game that I've played for who knows how many hours, most of mostly like too many hours, but this game that has taken this world by storm over the past year, now most of the people have uh, dropped out of it, but... Still, a ton of people are playing this game, and the fact that it has an impact on our society so much so that certain departments of security and police actually have updated their codes. And not only have they updated their codes, the code itself is an Easter egg because it's based off the actual number of first-generation Pokemon. Or a Poke-egg. So, yeah, and we that was actually the first... First one we've had in, a, in probably three or four months of someone actually playing Pokemon Go because it's kind of dropped off the face of the planet. For the people who were just in it because it was mainstream. Yeah, I think that that's what actually happened a lot. And now, actually, I just learned tonight that uh, they're putting in this new thing where you can uh, capture legendary Pokemon. Yes, raids. Which I'm not into, but if you're Brandon, then you're into it. That's exactly right. It just got me thinking over the course of that evening that I was with Chad, like how impactful this one little franchise that started out in like, what, 1996, 1995 or 96, depending on where you lived. This one little franchise over the past 20 to 21, 22 years, somewhere in there, has had this crazy impact on society, not just in Japan where it originated as pocket monsters, but even across into the West as Pokemon. And it just blows my mind. Like, I own a Nintendo 3DS solely for the fact that they were releasing a brand new Pokemon game on it, and I really wanted to play it. And so I bought myself a 3DS just for that game. I have other games, but that's the reason I got it. And it just blows my mind to think that out of all of this stuff, this little bitty video game that was produced by just a handful of guys has blown up to be as big as it is today. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy because while I, I, I'm not one to really care much for the game, I didn't really grow up on the game, but like most people have, but it is you can't say that it hasn't affected the culture because it has. And if you go, I've never been to Japan, but what I've heard and what I've seen is if you go to Japan, it's like Pikachu everywhere. And because that's that's just a really big part of their culture, and it's seeped into our culture a lot. And this this game, particularly Pokemon Go, was 
I think it was a really good game for the you know just for most people because it got them out. Like I remember one specific guy who drove his grandson around and he used it as uh, as a way to spend time with his grandson. And while I actually talked to him, he uh, he stated that he didn't really spend a lot of time with his grandson, and so it, this was a way for him to do that. And where normally, you know, I would ask somebody to kind of, you know, grab their Pokemon and, and move along. I kind of, you know, allowed him to kind of, you know, stay there a little bit longer because because it's one of those things that while, while yes, it's just a game, it can also affect your your family and how you interact with your family and just the people around you. And it's just, it's crazy to see that level of impact from one app on your phone, but it, it has had that impact. Yeah, and it's crazy, even as myself, I was working at Office Depot at the time, and whenever it dropped, and I had literally at least like two or three conversations a day about people who were in the store shopping and also flicking Pokeballs on their phone. So, and i just go over and say, hey, you playing Pokemon? And they'd be like, yeah, I'm playing Pokemon. Brandon's there, like Brandon's like this guy who like doesn't have enough meth. He's like, can I flick a Pokemon? No, please, please just I'm, let me flick it. No, but please. I, I I'm at up, work. They won't let me on my phone. No, that's not true. Actually, my managers played, and so as long as if there was something good, I announced it over the headset, very indiscreetly mm-hmm. or very discreetly. Mm-hmm. Um, they were okay with it as long as it wasn't like taking up time. But I'd like go up to customers, hey, anything good in the area? And they'd be like, dude. There's a Magikarp at McDonald's. And if I go to, like, the very back of the store, I can actually get McDonald's signals and get those Magikarps. Thankfully, I have a Gyarados because of that. So thank you, random customer, for shopping at Office Depot and sharing that valuable information with me. But um, so many just conversations with random strangers and actually building um, stronger foundations to relationships with coworkers because we would actually go out to a park or another college campus and play Pokemon Go. And I met new people. I played with my family. I played with coworkers. I played with random strangers. Only if they offered me candy. And a van. With no windows. But um, it, it was just a really cool app that really actually got you out. And Nintendo had actually been trying to do that for a while. Um, I know back... In, like, early 2000s, maybe the late 90s, they released this little, almost like a Tamagotchi pet type thing that you can connect to your Nintendo, and you would put a Pokemon in there, and it was a pedometer. And for however many steps you took, it would actually give your Pokemon experience. And they did that to try to get you to be active. Yeah, and and I think that... You might be able to correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that from the very beginning, they have highly encouraged people who play specifically Pokemon to play it with other people and yes. to play it you know, outside and to get out and do things and not just be someone who sits on a couch with potato chips in their belly button and playing a Nintendo Switch. And I think that's actually really accurate. True story. 
I think that's actually really accurate because I don't think the reason Nintendo and Game Freak released two separate editions of each game was to make people buy two. I think their original intention was to say, hey, you buy one, have your friend buy the other, that way you can cooperate because there's only going to be certain Pokemon on each one and there's going to be like 10 in each generation that you can only get on the opposite game. And I think their original intention, while yes, it is helpful for business to have multiple people buying it, I don't think their original intention was to have multiple people buy two copies. I think they were trying to get it to where you would buy one and your friend would buy the other and you would trade with the cable and then the Nintendo um, DS came out and you could trade over Wi-Fi and stuff like that. I think Game Freak has actually been really good at attempting to keep you out, keep you social, and keep you in contact with others and not just in your mother's basement until you're 24 and haven't seen daylight in four days and have a Mountain Dew two-liter that's just filled with your own whiz. I don't think that's their goal. And then getting that mixed up with your actual Mountain, Mountain Dew two-liter. That is the worst moment of your life, I promise. Not Brand- from experience. Brandon knows. No, I don't. He knows all about that life. No. Speaking of which, I actually have Mountain Dew in the studio. In the Blanket Fort Studios? Yes. But, and so I think it's really crazy how something as simple as a video game series has this huge impact on our culture, and it shows up in the smallest places, but I think that's hilarious. I think the small places are where it really counts and where it's really funny and interesting to get into, such as a department code at a police station. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's funny things like that that happen with so many things that you would never notice. And it's just interesting to find little stories about things like that. I agree. Speaking of which, if you have your own little stories or something in pop culture that you would like us to research and look into and talk about on our podcast, go ahead and shoot us that in an email at twohunksonemike at gmail.com. Just for the record, we already got our first email in. And it was from Mom. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Mom. Brandon's mom. So, yeah, we want you guys to be super involved with our podcast here. And I promise anything you send to our email or anything you tweet to us, we will both see, we will both read, and we will do our best to reply as quickly as possible. Yeah, because, I mean, while we enjoy recording these things and we just enjoy talking about different topics... This is also for you guys. Like we want, we want you guys to enjoy listening to our conversations, and so we want to talk about things that you want to hear us talk about. And so, it's very important that we get feedback from you guys, that we understand where you are on different things, different subjects, and what you want to hear from us. So that and hearing from you, I know, just brings a smile to my face and Brandon's. It's true. Big smiles to both of our faces. Well, guys, I think that's all we have time for tonight. So uh, I guess we will catch you on the next one. But until then, we're just two honks and and a a microphone. microphone.
Hey, you guys, if you like this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe to us here at Two Honks and a Mic so you can get fresh content every time we publish it. Chad and I appreciate your support, and we will see you next time.